comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello, welcome to episode 61 of the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand, and with me, as always, is Logan Stump. Hello, how's everybody going? Everybody doing all right? Uh, Hanging in there? They can't answer you back, but I'm sure they are fine. They're answering aloud in their cars. They're driving. And... Like, Logan, good. what's up? I'm good, Logan. Love, love to hear from you. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's uh, been a good week, yeah. I guess. A little bit of shakeout. Yeah. A lot of teams um, doing different things. And we're in international break, so that's kind of sad. But not yeah. too sad because we got a game Thursday. So tomorrow. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm like sitting here going, there's so much soccer coming up, including the United States. Like it feels like it's finally getting back to normal when you're talking about mm-hmm. s- like soccer stadiums when they come back. All teams are pretty much 100%, uh, except I think California and New York. Um, and I think they're even approaching. I mean, they've done things that are cool anyway. They've done the not, they've done the vaccination section. So teams are, are allowing fans in without masks on in those sections so it's gonna be cool there's a lot of cool normal soccer coming up soon so that's exciting yeah uh i'm i'm fine by the way thanks for asking how are you doing jordan uh, I, you doing all right yeah i mean not that anybody cares but yeah go ahead yeah nobody cares but nobody cares. i am doing well for the one person that does care that listens to this Myself, I do, I do I listen. Uh, I was going to say, but I do listen <laughs> back, so that's two. <laughs> Make sure we don't sound like idiots. But yeah, we are talking uh, the fun week end Memorial Day weekend that we had. Um, did you do anything fun for Memorial Day weekend? Oh man, you put me on the spot. We went to Target. Is that fun? Didn't you go see Corolla? We did go see Corella, but it was like Thursday. So I guess that's yeah, kind part of, of the weekend. Why not? Yeah. It's part of the sure. weekend. It was at night, Thursday night. It was the first time back in a movie theater. That was wild. Um, and I can't wait for you to go back because I know you're much more of a, a theater uh, aficionado more aficionado, so than I. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's really cool to be back in a, in a movie theater. Um, actually, I saw somewhere where I think one of the movie theaters is doing the Euros. Um, at really? the theater yeah i think i saw it the other day when i was flipping through facebook and then i forgot to text it to you um but yeah i think there's a couple of theaters doing the euros so that would be cool if, if amc disney would have done that but they won't 
Yeah, because that one's such a busy one. I feel mm -hmm. like it'd probably be smaller ones doing yeah. it, or you know, that one where you're gonna have a lot of tourists and and stuff. I feel like they're not going to mm -hmm. do that. Um, but yeah, I guess let's let's go ahead and get into it. We have some headlines to talk about here. I'll let you go first. Pick one of your three, and what what's what's the headline here? Yeah, so I'm going to start with uh, I want to start with Atlanta, uh, just because uh, and going back and watching through some of the highlights again. Um, and I know you were watching it, uh, I think live, um, because you were texting me back and forth. Um, I, you know, th this team is a team that we had ranked pretty high when we came into the season. We thought that they'd push back towards the home field ad advantage in the playoffs. Um, and right now, I mean, they just don't look like that team. They look like a team that is still lacking some discipline, um, especially when they get going forward. They put a ton of people up in the box, uh, so it kind of leaves them exposed in the back, which they already kind of played this back three. But again, when they got Santiago Sosa, sometimes he sucks back into that three, and, and he's playing in the back line. So I'm not sure they quite have figured out the defensive situation. They go up 2-0, um, and, and then they quickly concede again, and it, it becomes an issue of not being able to hold a 2-0 lead. Um, which is concerning because I, I think that, you know, this is a team that people thought that with a healthy Joseph that uh, you would have a team that is going to compete for the East. And because he hasn't been himself, it's really exposed just kind of the weaknesses that this Atlanta team has. Moreno's goal was not something of spectacular worth. It was kind of just this trickle through ball that gets through and, and finds the back of the net behind Joe Willis. Um, and I know you're going to talk about some unbeaten teams, so you'll kind of talk about Nashville in, in a sense. So maybe that would be a good headline to talk about after. But um, just kind of looking at this Atlanta team, it's, they're, they're not a team that like pops off the page yet. And and I do, I think that uh, they had been spoiled with riches at the beginning of their of their run in MLS. And I think right now you're starting to kind of see this team that's really just kind of struggling to find its identity because uh, it, while they do score, then they concede. So, it, you know, it just balances it out. Um, they've struggled against teams that I think they should beat or could beat, but uh, to be able to draw and just grab a point when you're up two nil at home against a Nashville team that is willing to let you score, um, which is kind of weird uh, and not their MO. It's, it's been kind of strange. Like I, I just, you know, to, to let a Nashville team that's not known for high scoring to get back in and claw back in at home. And it's just, it's bizarre. And I, I'm really concerned that Atlanta might be, you know, bottom of the East as far as playoffs are concerned, you know, talking about that six, maybe seven spot right now, that's kind of the way they look. Yeah, they, um, we'll move into my thing here in just a second, but, uh, right now they currently sit, uh, in the East at, uh, eighth, which is right outside the playoff spot by a point who's above them. Nashville. So that could have been a big game there for them when it all is said and done. Looking at, at who's ahead of them in the other six spots other than Nashville, you have the Revs, the Union, Orlando, NYCFC, Montreal, Columbus, and Nashville. The only one I could see potentially dropping out of there is Montreal. Mm -hmm. So they are in a they are in a tough spot. They're in a very tough spot when we look at the season. And like you said, it being at home is devastating for them. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, 
when you're at the bends, you're supposed to be fearing Atlanta and the fact that, that they had a two nothing lead and uh, give that up to Nashville who usually more is like stops you from scoring is not too big on scoring right now it is pretty, pretty crazy bad luck, but um, it's still really early for Heinze, uh, Heinze. So it's not like alarming. I, I think this season might just be one of those where either they end up very low in the playoffs or they end up out of the playoffs and th- they have to make a run next year and, and keep, hoping the project works with Heinze and and kind of build around his philosophy because you know it's it's going to take a little bit for this to pan out the way I think they want it to um not to mention that we don't know what shape the front office is in now that mm-hmm. Paul McDonough is gone as well because they were bringing him back rumors being that Bocanegro is taking too much power and responsibilities and wasn't able to, you know, and, and McDonough was the one that built that roster partly with Tata Martino and Bocanegra. But now you have somebody that is familiar with MLS rosters and, and such, and he's no longer going to be there. So mm-hmm. uh, he's suspended. Now, will they pull uh, Red Sox and Alex Cora and rehire him after his suspension? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but we can't really say right now. So, and my dog is going nuts. So uh, I will let you talk for a little bit about uh, <laughs> about what I just said. Yeah. So I, I again, I, when you look at an Atlanta team uh, that so many again were were thinking that could be higher, and even maybe I think some had me pushing towards the top spots in the East. Uh, they were talking about the fact that. Hey, you know, we th- this is an Atlanta team that is going to surprise, and now they've kind of fixed this defense. But uh, when you're looking at a team that was supposed to fix their defense, um, they're still not great. Uh, they, they still have a lot of problems. They have a lot of leaky issues in the back, and it, it, it shows that they're just not quite a, a team that teams are going to go in and fear all the time. Um, they're kind of middle of the pack, giving up seven goals. Um, but they've done it against teams that I don't think are as strong. Um, they haven't played teams – that are right in form uh, when they do run up against teams. Um, and again, I, I think that Barco is not what they thought he was going to be. Um, I don't think Dom is, is, you know, he's just getting back in health and, and in form, I guess. Um, Joseph just doesn't look like himself, and I don't think he'll be himself until next year. Um, so again, th- this is a team that, like you said, Jordan, I think Red Bulls, maybe DC United with the way that uh, Lasada's got them playing. I think those are two teams that kind of push up towards that, seventh eighth spot too and i think that uh, eventually maybe atlanta loses out on a playoff spot and then what do you do from there do you add pieces is joseph going to stick around is you know bellow going to be there next year uh is lennon going to be there next year you know it's kind of looking at those things and saying silva uh, that you got guys that are kind of looking over their shoulders to europe and saying hey you know we've got interest in playing over there uh i'm not sure they're going to stick with an underperforming atlanta team Joseph uh, has pretty made it clear he wants to stay in Atlanta, Man. I think, forever now. So I think he would stay, but you just don't know if he's going to be the same. Yeah. You know? That's what we still don't really know right? at this point. Um, so I wanted to talk undefeated teams. So we talked mostly on the Atlanta part there. Let's kind of talk more on the Nashville part. We're down to two unbeaten teams now. Orlando lost. Uh, we were down to three. Orlando lost. Now we're at Nashville and Seattle. 
So pretty interesting. Nashville is currently sitting in seventh, as we just talked about. They're only getting 1.57 points a game, which is the same as the NYCFC, actually. Um, but the uh, so th- so they've had only two wins, but they haven't lost a game yet. Like we just said, undefeated. They're at five <laughs> draws, <laughs> and most of them I think are come from behind. Yeah, at least the first two, right? <laughs> yeah. And this one, yeah. that's three out of five. And then are, their other ones were zero zeros. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's pretty good. Uh, away, you know, th- that's just good. I mean, look, both of their wins are at home, which makes sense. Their their draws, two draws away from home, three draws at home. Uh, mm. That's that's solid, right? Nashville is solid defensively. When we look at their current setup, they're at uh, they give up six goals against, um, and have scored nine. That nine matches the Philadelphia Union's nine. It matches. Uh, it's above Columbus's seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have who else has like nine goals? Uh, eight for Orlando. So they're now outscoring Orlando. But again, Pato's been injured for since week one, right? And uh, and the maybe week two for Pato, but. And the uh, and DK not being there, so. But uh, you know it's pretty good. They have the same amount of goals as Atlanta, so we were just kind of talking about how Atlanta hasn't scored a lot. Nashville has the same amount of goals. Uh, but yeah, just pretty good for Nashville. I want to kind of give them some props because we don't really talk about them that much in the sense of like, you know. We like I had started this podcast before the playoffs. I, I talked about them there when they made their upsets and stuff, but really so far the season, the thing is they haven't had any results that make you go wow yet. Like mm-hmm. any huge wins that you're like, wow, like like they did when they had the playoff run where they beat Toronto and you're like, oh my, like what is that? But it's gonna come at some point, you think. Uh or they're just gonna draw the whole time. And they might even miss the playoffs if they continue drawing so much. So they do have to start getting some wins, but they haven't tasted defeat yet this season, which is just fun. Because usually when you think unbeaten teams, you're thinking top of the table. Yeah. They're smack dab in the middle <laughs> of the Eastern Conference. So that's fun. Uh, in the West, Seattle is unbeaten. They're at 18 points out of eight games, five wins, three draws, no losses. Now they have had two draws at home in a row, which some might think is concerning, but really they're kind of banged up as well. And mm-hmm. They had the lead against Atlanta penalty. Not much else you can really do except for not commit the penalty. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think, do you, now do you think when we come back, whenever these games start up again, which is like mid June, yeah, June twelfth is the first one back. June twelfth. Let's see. So Nashville faces Red Bulls on the eighteenth, mm-hmm. and Seattle will play Galaxy on the nineteenth. Do you think we still have two undefeated teams after the next match week? Um, no, 
I think that they both lose. Mm, that'd be interesting. Yeah. They're both away. Galaxy seems to to play really well at home too. Like they've been playing really well at home. I think the environment's yeah, getting a lot up. better too. So yeah, um, they've been really good. Nashville away is a different monster than Nashville at home. Nashville at home is where they were getting all these draws from. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've played a lot of home games. Uh, I think at one point we were laughing because I think there was like, so yeah, they played one, two, three, four, five home games and only two away games. Um, they get to go away to Red Bull. And then look at this. This is crazy. Like, I'm so confused by this. Jordan, they play <laughs> they play home, 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 home. <laughs> the next, like, six weeks, they've got five games at home again. I'm like, what is happening? They're um, going to just play away from home the rest <laughs> of the season after that. <laughs> they do. They play a lot of away games. Of course, at the end, you kind of match back up. But, like, I don't get why they have so many home games. I think it's because football, maybe, like NFL. Um, uh, maybe, so maybe I was say, MLS is just terrible at scheduling at times. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at the away games, it's like, it's always, it's like September when it starts, when they go start going a lot of away games. So I think it's NFL. I think they're like, yeah, don't play maybe. our pitch. Um, so yeah, I think, I think both of them lose. I'm going to go out on a limb there and say both of them lose when we come back. I'll say at least Nashville loses. I think okay. maybe we're left with one. Yeah, that, makes that could sense. be fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So let's talk. Uh, what about one of your other uh, headlines? Yeah. So we talked about a power ranking. Uh, I'm so impressed with SKC Sporting Kansas City, Children's Mercy Park back to 100. Again, I will always say that 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 is the best environment in soccer. Um, I, I've always thought that even when I was on the outside looking in, when I would watch games, it seemed to be always when it was when sporting was really good. Uh, whenever that was Jordan, you're going to have to help me that one. Um, I think it was back when Dwyer was there. Um, but yeah, like on program, they hosted MLS cup. I was going to say like 2013. Yeah. In 2013. Yeah. I was going to say 2013, 2014. I can remember watching games on ESPN and SKC was like the premier games all the time. Um, and it had a bunch of the U S former U.S. guys that... Uh, that yeah, Zuzi and Beasler. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm just, you know, looking at Sporting Kansas City, Alan Polito, again, is off this crazy hot start. Um, and I did want to read a stat because I thought it was really interesting because um, I was looking through, like, their game notes on MLS um, to kind of figure it out. And so this is coming from the MLS website. Uh, I forgot who wrote it, but it, it's a... Uh, it's all been well documented over the last few weeks. Polito leads MLS in goals and primary assists per 90 minutes played since joining the league in 2020. He has 17 combined uh, goals, 11, um, I think it was 11 last year. Uh, and then he's got the six this year and then assist six and just as many starts um, offering tangible proof that there simply aren't many of those many productive players here in the top flight of American soccer. This year, he's got five goals, six uh, combined goals. Um, or sorry, he's got six combined goals uh, and assist, and then 28 shots, 28 shot attempts and 10 shots on goal, all MLS best since May 1st. So unbelievable. <laughs> like they, they said, I remember talking to Jimmy and them, or, uh, and they were talking about the fact that uh, – just how good he had been. And they thought that with more year uh, over year here in the United States, that he could really take off and challenge. Um, And I know he's going to be challenged for a spot in Mexico's national team. So 
I don't know. It's it, he's he's really impressed me. Um, Shallowy has played really well. Busio's coming around, 18 years old, and he's starting to rip the league up. Um, it, you know, Johnny Russell's going to do Johnny Russell things. Uh, Gotti Kinda has played really well. I think that the defense without Beasler, they were concerned maybe the leadership, but I think Isamat Mirren and and the guys that they've brought in uh, do a really good job. So again, this is just a team that I think that's just really impressive and really hard to beat. I agree. Uh, Sporting Kansas City, uh, we'll talk about in the power ranking show um, how good they've been recently and how I'd mention – I'm just all thrown off with when we talked about what. Because uh, <laughs> I mentioned this that you're going to see released later, but I've already talked about it. Buzio, uh, you know, being uh, – stepping up. You know, I kind of talked about it preseason where I didn't think he was – as hype as people have been saying he is, he's been stepping it up. That goal he scored was, was great. And, you know, uh, hopefully he continues stepping up. He's only like 18, right? So mm-hmm. just uh, turned just 18. Like, he's had a lot of expectations put onto him at an early, early age. And there you go. Uh, my next headline here is union win four out of the last Five. So that's pretty good, right? I mean, does that sound good to you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm on the Union hype train, man. I think they're I think right now they're the best team in the East. Don't tell New England. <laughs> uh, maybe like form wise, I don't know. I don't know. Um, let's see. Let's look at their schedule. Uh, who these four games, these four wins were. They beat Chicago. They drew with New England. They beat the Red Bulls. They beat D.C. and they beat Portland. And I think the D.C. win looks more impressive the more I watch The D.C. win looks pretty good, especially at Audi Field. Mm -hmm. The New York Red Bull game is pretty good. Drawing against New England, who's top the East, is pretty good. Chicago expected. And they thump the Timbers. <laughs> yeah, thump, Timbers are, are done. They get Atlanta next on the 20th. Mm-hmm. And then they'll play three games that week. They have the 20th, the 23rd against Columbus, and then they have my birthday, the 26th, Chicago again. Uh, and that game's at Soldier Field, just like they played earlier mm-hmm. in May. So they played at Soldier Field. Then they'll get Nashville. So is Nashville going to be unbeaten by July 3rd still? No, but that game will be in Nashville. <laughs> that is true. That's one of their <laughs> games at home. Yeah. Yeah. Of their many. Interesting. The the um the Atlanta game on the 20th is uh on ESPN. So that'll be a nationally televised game at two o'clock. So that's pretty cool. That's the first time they play again. That's a Sunday. I get to watch that right before I go to practice. I'll probably only watch right before softball. I'll probably only get to watch one. No, I'll be in Disney. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be in Disney. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I'll have to see what I'm doing that day. Maybe I go to a bar or something. I don't know. Maybe I can join you. Yeah. If not, I can watch it on my phone while we walk around the parks. It's true. (laughs) That is true. Um, yeah, so that, that should be fun. Um, but yeah, four out of the last five, that's, that's pretty decent. Their last loss against 
New York City uh, FC, which is not bad to lose to, really, at this point. Um, and then they lost against Miami. That one's really the damning one at mm-hmm. Subaru Park. It makes you wonder what happened there. Mm-hmm. Because uh, before that, then they had a draw with Columbus to start the season. Right. So just just overall, just very interesting and a weird – this is MLS, right? You know, like Miami steals a win and then mm-hmm. – <laughs> and then you have like New York – at that point, that's when I was really worried. You had Miami steal a win. You had the, the NYCFC Union get a red card. New York CFC beat them 2-0. Didn't even look like – Union, we're going to score it all. And then you have this run that you go on to, which is great. But, man, should be should be a lot of fun. Uh, th- this Union team is just a lot of fun to watch uh, when they're on. And I'm happy for them. Uh, that's why you'll have to listen to the Power Rankings show and see where we put them in the Power Rankings this week. Uh, are they making their first appearance in the Power Rankings? Only we know. Um, but you can find out on Friday. It's all pushed back a day because of this holiday. Everything's pushed back a day. Um, your thoughts, Logan, on your next... What's your last headline? So I'm going with Austin Concerns. Um, and to, to be honest, like I was just like on a hype for them a little bit. Uh, but then I started to like look at their, like their results. Um, over the last four results uh or the four results they've gotten um they've lost the last three and drew or sorry they lost three of the last four and drew that last one against seattle um while that's uh, i think a decent draw for them um it would have been nice if they had scored because oh then they would have won but um I, i think that it's a decent draw for them but again when you look at their how many they have scored in the last couple of games so they played Seattle, they didn't score. They played Nashville, they didn't score. They played LA Galaxy, they didn't score. Sporting Kansas City, they scored one goal um, and didn't look very threatening in that match. Uh, before then, they had played the Loons. They only scored a goal. Um, and then the beginning of the season, they had not scored against LAFC. The only time that they really break out is Colorado Rapids. And that was when the Rapids, I mean, just fell apart. They came unglued for like nine minutes or something like that. It was crazy. Um, so it just kept, they kept punching. Um, but again, when you look at this Austin team and we talked about this, Jordan, we talked about one that we thought the defense was really lacking. Actually, they have probably been the better part. Now I will say uh, Stuber has been, I think he is like second behind bond in saves, which is also concerning. While yes, that is good for a keeper to save that many. It's not good that he's getting just berated by balls all the time in goal. Um, which I do feel like Stuver is constantly getting hit with balls <laughs> that are on target. And he's made some really good saves. Um, but when you look at this team, Jordan, you've got a, a team that their best scorer is Cecilio Dominguez. Um, and Cecilio has two goals. Diego Fungundes is their second leading scorer with two. And then you drop off to John Gallagher, who has one. After that, nobody has scored. So you've got three guys on that team Um and when you're looking at top teams in the West, you're looking at Rally, uh, Rui Diaz, who's got six goals. You've got Alan Pulido, who's got five. Uh, Chicharito has seven. Um, those are like big-time teams that, that are getting good production for them. Even the types of the East, Adam Buchs a four, uh, Chabelko three, Nani three, Medina five. Like that, 
there's nowhere like combine the Austin goals and they don't touch those guys really. Uh, it's just, you know, it's been, it's been concerning and they've been looking for a nine. I think that is something that they've made very clear that this summer they were going to go try to find a nine. I do think they will spend money to find a number nine, but again, strikers, like you said, Jordan earlier, I forget which one it was. I think it was the power ranking one where you said that nines just don't grow. Oh, it was with the power rankings with Orlando nines don't grow on trees. Um, nines are very hard to find. Uh, and unless you're shopping in a market where there's some retired nines that are coming over from the retired European game and kind of trying to revitalize a career over here in MLS, those are the kind of nines that you're hoping for. I'm not sure there's a lot of those around. So, uh, and, you know, getting some of these young strikers like a Brenner, I don't think that works out the first year, so it won't make much of a difference. Um, so I don't know where they go from here. I don't know if they can find a number nine that is reliable. Um Maybe if they if Orlando held DK, maybe they could borrow Michelle or somebody. I don't know. Like I don't know where Austin goes to get a number nine unless it's a younger kid, uh, which I don't see them finding in the next year. But uh, again, I'm concerned because they just don't score. Yeah, it's tough. Um, look, I'll, I'll probably preach the other side of this. I think Austin will be fine. It's their first season. Um, it. They'll. This is something that they can build on to next year and be like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe now we go get a, a a striker, or we have to go find a striker. That I think that's definitely the pressure will be on them then to definitely get a striker that's going to score goals. Um, you know, it it it's worrisome in the sense of we kind of know how pre court is at times. So I'm sure they'll be worried in that regard because pre-court's kind of cheapo at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I-, I think I'll have faith in Claudio Reyna and-, and staff to put this together because of what they did at NYCFC. And uh, I think ultimately they'll be okay. Um, it's a tough stretch. It's a tough stretch, especially when they're away from home for the whole time right now. So to be able to, Make it as as good as they have so far. Really, they could have they could have been a lot better off if if they won that game at Sporting mm-hmm. Park, uh, you know, at Children Mercy's Park because they were up. They got a red card, and it really screwed them over. And then it screwed them over the next game with Ring out. So really, they've only played one game since having Ring back, and I think you'll see them rebound. Especially then, they'll also be back at home soon when they start that later this month. I think it is. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we'll have I think they'll be fun. I think I think they'll be fine. Uh so I'm not too overly concerned about Austin. But uh let's see. My last one here is Miami sucks. <laughs> I was gonna I was wondering if you'd read that because you texted it to me. I was like, I'm gonna put it in the notes. And I see was gonna put it, it more delicately. I really was. <laughs> but there's no delicate way to put this. Uh, Miami sucks. On and Neil Messi's future team. Yeah, can we talk about that real quick? Let's do it. How are they going to do that? How are they going to spend that much money? He's at least five DPs. <laughs> yeah, and we already know that they had five DPs and couldn't win. Uh, it's the ownership intrigue. They're going to give him ownership, I think, and that's what makes it intriguing for him. This is the worrisome part for me about MLS and Miami. And it's the same issue with NYCFC. The issue with NYCFC was 
they just gave them a team. Mm-hmm. They turned down other teams by saying, you need to have a stadium deal. And then they give a team to Yankees and Manchester City by saying, we just, they would just want the money. Mm-hmm. They just want the money. And now NYCFC is in a terrible stadium situation. Miami just released new renders of their stadium. It's probably never going to happen. You have a team that tried to field five DPs secretly. (laughs) Secretly. And got 10th place or whatever, right? Could barely make the playoffs, then lose in the playoffs to Nashville. And now they have sanctions against them for the next two seasons. They sucked this year. (laughs) The fans were booing them in their own stadium, their Mm -hmm. first full capacity game. (laughs) Booing them because of how poor they were. They were losing to DC United 3-0. And we can talk about how good Losada has had this DC United team. This is in Miami. Mm-hmm. 3-0 to DC United. A team that nobody had being as good as they are. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. We had them 12th. You had them 13th. Mm-hmm. Though They're I 10th. will be fair, I had Miami just above them at 11. <laughs> so not not too far off, I guess. Currently, where does Miami sit? They currently sit... Uh, I'm pulling it up now. It's DC 10th and Inter-Miami 11th, but Inter-Miami has eight games and the two Mm -hmm. teams behind them, Toronto could pull even with them. And they'd be ahead of them because they've got to build. Yeah, Yeah, Miami's played eight. Mm -hmm. Cincinnati's only played six. Mm -hmm. Toronto and Chicago has played seven. It's... A shame because the reason why this is a team, why they gave Miami a team, is because when they got Beckham over here, and I think I don't think it was the first Beckham contract, it was like the extension, I think. They gave him ownership rights to a franchise for cheap. They said you'd be able to get like a franchise for a few million. It wasn't the hundred million. I think if, if so, it was maybe at max a hundred million. Mm-hmm. And Nowadays, they go for like 300, 400 million for expansion. So you give him this team. He's only part owner of it, really, because he, he doesn't have enough funds to, to actually properly run a, run a team. That's just the truth. So you have to have other ownership in there. We don't know if all their ownership aligns with, with what they're looking for we don't know actually how much money they do have to spend they're just a mess right now like financially they're ru- i don't know how much it ruins them but they have two million dollar fee uh as we just talked about on saturday's episode 
And on top of that, they have the two and a half almost million in allocation money for the last two years subtracted. Where do they go from here? They're linked to Messi. <laughs> Messi, I don't know if that he helps them at all. I mean, yeah, having Messi is always better than not having Messi, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's they they Phil Neville, I guess, has been fine. He hasn't been anything. I think that has hurt them actively hurt them. I think it's the construction of the roster. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's just them not giving it them all. They're all or what? I mean, the Higuains are good. Let me scratch that. Federico Higuain is good. He really always puts in a really good shift. I think Mm -hmm. Gonzalo Higuain is an issue. I think at times because he can be a little bit more of a, I'm going to jog this, I'm going to slowly walk back from offside type of guy. And I don't know. It, my point being is they suck, right? I mean, 3 nothing to DC at home. DC wins this, let's see here. They have uh, 15 minutes in off a really bad giveaway, right? Mm-hmm. Kamara scores. Uh, Ariola scores in the 21st minute. 71st minute, Ola Kamara scores again. If we look at stats, Miami had more st- possession, 57%, right? Total shots, 13 to DC to 10 for Miami. Expected goals, 1.87 to DC to 0.79 for Miami. Shots on target, three on each team. So think about that. 13 shots for DC. Three on target. How many goals did they get? Three. All three on target went into the back of the net. Miami hits three on target. No. Doesn't doesn't get it. How do you fix this team? I, I think that this is almost to the point where I feel like you just get rid of everybody and rebuild. Maybe you do that when Messi comes in two years, if that's actually what happens, but Messi has a very small window of competing in MLS. Mm -hmm. By the time he's what? 33. You said Mm -hmm. by the time he gets here in two years, he's going to be 34, 35, 36 years old, right? Like depending on when his birthday is. So he's going to be probably around 35, maybe 36. Then how long can he play in MLS? MLS is a lot more physical lead league at times than some of the European leagues. And sometimes those older players cannot hack it over here for super long. Uh, even the best of them, but sometimes they can, sometimes they can. Zlatan, you know, was 45 hundred years old when he came over here and he's still playing now overseas. But when it comes to Messi, they're going to, I don't know if MLS really fits the style of play. They're going to really hack the crap out of him and he's going to take some beatings and it's going to be rough for, for Messi, I think. And at that age, how long does he play for till he's 37 till he's 38. 
that gives you maybe two or three seasons where you have an opportunity to win with Messi and MLS here. And I just don't know how you do that with the squad as currently is. And you really have to think about how you rebuild this team to make them competitive. They had to get rid of one of their young DPs Mm -hmm. because of their F up last season. And I know Blaze Matuidi is not super old yet, so maybe he sticks around. Gonzalo Higuain, no way is he here when Messi gets here, if that's the case, because he's mm-hmm. already well past his prime. Federico Higuain's even older, so I doubt there he's there. I don't know. I, I'm just tired of some of these bigger markets getting teams when they haven't really put in the work to get the team. Let's not forget, this is Miami's second franchise. Miami had a franchise originally, Miami Fusion, they, I believe they won a supporter shield. They had Ray Hudson as their coach at one time, <clears throat> the commentator, former player. And they, uh, they were playing Fort Lauderdale, I'm pretty sure. And they're now defunct. They were one of the last teams to get defunct. Why we thought we would be able to do this without a stadium deal and have them playing once again in Fort Lauderdale and, having oh it's david beckham's team yeah but he's not suiting up you Mm -hmm. know if david beckham owned the orioles more people are not going and watch the orioles even if they're that bad and miami is is that bad at this point uh what are your thoughts logan on inner miami and am i being too harsh so no you're not um and and there's a lot of it i think that goes into why they just don't perform one I, i think that the the Gary or the Gary Neville the the Phil Neville signing is more along the lines of I want to shine with my coach I want to shine with my team I want shiny names I want the guy that's going to bring the headlines I want the England tie I want to bring people from uh, was it Stoke and they're friends too they're, yeah. they are very good yeah. friends they both played at United yeah. right I get it uh, but that being said I don't you know, success in the MLS is totally different from success elsewhere. And playing is totally different as well. We've seen that with, with players in the premier league that have been really good players, just not great coaches, um, Frank Lampard. Um, and I think that part of it is the fact that one, you're, they're too buddy, buddy. So that like, whenever they score, I think it's really strange that he looks up at him and goes, look what I did, dad, I scored. Um, and uh, David's like, yeah, you did a good job. Um, that that whole thing is kind of weird to me. The the fact that I don't think and now with their friendship, do you see Beckham going to Neville and going, Yeah, you're done, buddy. Like you're done. I don't see it. So now you're stuck with Neville. Um if he performs well, then good for him. But so far it's been a disaster. I don't think they've looked any different than what they were last year. They bring in Gregory or Gregor and, and he's been eh, okay. But again, you you've got Pizarro who can't play with Iguain. The, the two of them just don't coexist. They both run in that same space. It's kind of like the Havertz, Pulisic, Hazard, like uh, not Hazard, uh, Werner. I always get. The, I don't know why I want to put Hazard back on Chelsea, but um, it's kind of like that run in behind. I, they don't play well together. And then, like you said, if you if you want to tell how the pulse of that locker room is, just watch Gonzalo Iguain uh, when he plays. Just watch him. After everything happens, if if Lewis Morgan doesn't hit him, if Breck Shea doesn't hit him, 
Uh, Iguain, the other Iguain doesn't hit him. Uh, Robbie Robinson doesn't get the ball to him. It's like the, he gets so like defeated and down. He like he stomps around, he pouts around, he smacks his legs all the time. He's always yelling at people. And I get it, you're goal hungry, but you never you're not into that form you were back when you were back in your European days. So and you know that's part of it. Relying so heavily on him, they think that he can be something. He's 33 years old. Um, the brother's 36. Like you said, Jordan, this is an aging roster. This is not a young roster. Their youngest roster player, I think, uh, like that has contributed mostly is Robbie Robinson, but he can't stay healthy. So, you know, after that, you're looking at a 24-year-old in Lewis Morgan, who I think is looking at this team going, please help me. Get me out off this team. Like, (laughs) I need help. Like, he put in a heck of a performance against D.C., and nothing came of it. He's just looking around for, like, any kind of help. And I think he's really special. I think he's got a lot of talent. Um, So, again, I think there's just so many issues. And then, Jordan, I think the issue, too, is – when your shiny new signing is Ryan Shawcross and Kieran Gibbs, like those dudes, and you're linked to Willian. <laughs> yeah, those they weren't even good at Premier League or like the lower tiers of England. Like they're not, they don't even play. Like uh, it's just funny. And Kieran Gibbs hasn't even joined this disaster of a team yet. So um, <laughs> it is. It's like. What, what else are you going to do? Like, you're going to go get a 35-year-old Messi who, like you said, Jordan, people be headhunting over here for him. Uh, this is a very physical league compared to El, or, uh, La Liga. So you're going to come over here and see guys just start to, like, run through him just for fun, I think. I, they're going to be like, hey, cool, this will be fun. Um, you've got guys that are chasing. Like, can you imagine, like, a? I mean, it's sad because, like, a Jeff Cameron chasing down Lionel Messi and just absolutely hammering him. <laughs> yeah. Putting him in the ground. Um, but again, I, like you said, Messi, yes, he's the best football in the world, but he wouldn't fix this team. This team is – he doesn't have a striker. Who's he, he going to fix? He couldn't fix right. a bad Barcelona team that yeah. is still better than this team. So mm-hmm. that is – that's worrisome. Um, yeah. I, I think we talked enough Miami. Uh, sorry, Miami fans, if you're listening. It's just uh, – hey, you know what? You guys booed them too. So let me know if your thoughts, yeah. if you're a Miami fan uh, – you know, if, if you if you want to complain or or whatever, because this is uh, is not good enough. No, not good enough. It's almost the same exact situation as NYCFC, where they're like, oh, but this is we're Miami's team now. Mm-hmm. And you even have a successful USL team in Miami FC, who is kind of really breaking into that market a bit, and uh, now you have MLS trying to come in and get into that market, and it's just. Not good. I understand they want glitz, glamour, they want Beckham, they want the big names, but I'm sure Miami fans actually want to win. Their other sports don't, so yes, they need some winning. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, okay, like, all right, let's let's put it this way: you're a Dolphins fan, Mm -hmm. and they're like, you know what? We'll give you Tom Brady, but he'll never win a Super Bowl, or. We're going to give you a whole bunch of journeymen, but they win the Super Bowl. What do you take, Logan? I think people take Tom Brady. Like, I yeah. want to take the journeyman, but I think that, like... People... If you're guaranteed a Super Bowl with the journeyman, and you're, not, take them. Yeah. and you're guaranteed not to get a Super Bowl with Tom Brady... I take them. The, the Miami ownership would take Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> I'd take My the journeyman. My point being is that you, you should want... 
the team that just is the better team, right? You mm-hmm. just you should want the team that gets you the World Series, that gets you the Super Bowl, that gets you the MLS Cup, whatever it is that you're trying to get instead of like the Union, right? They have no big name players whatsoever. They won Supporter Shield last year. They're second in the East right now. But yeah, why Miami wants to sign Messi? Okay, go ahead. Probably not going to win MLS Cup. Union might, and they don't have Messi. Just something to think about. I'm sure Miami fans actually do want big names, but they probably also want to win. But I think number one on that thing should be winning. Not to mention that Messi would be playing a 10, probably. He wouldn't even be playing his normal position because a winger in this league is not going to take this. Uh, that's like Carlos Vela kind of sucks into like a second striker because there's they're just not successful teams with successful wings that carry the workload. He would have to play a 10 which would be a year of him learning because <laughs> he doesn't play 10. So, yeah, what a mess. Yeah, well, um, let, let's just do some quick hits here of the other games real quick. Um, we had Montreal at Chicago. Montreal won that one, 1-0. Mason Toy scoring. Uh, that was a pretty brutal game. Uh, yeah i was like simultaneously watching with orlando i was like i can literally don't i don't have notes for this game i don't even after after orlando got scored on the second time i was like oh let me flip over to montreal and see what's going on there and it was hard to watch and then you miss vanderwater's score (laughs) yeah and then i flipped over to the champions league and i missed toy score so that was really bad timing for me uh orlando loses to red bulls to one Caden Clark, um, Caceres Jr., or Caceres, I guess. I, don't, I always butcher it. Uh, and Vanderbarter. Right. Who, by the way, we were pretty high on Caceres Jr. this season, just saying. Just hint, hint, wink, wink. <laughs> New England Revolution 1-0 over Cincinnati. Books us scoring there. Toronto at the Crew. Crew win 2-1. Diaz scoring 12 minutes in, Zarda scoring 21 minutes in, and Akinola pulling one back in the 52nd minute. Nashville at Atlanta, we already covered that, 2-2. That's Mourinho and Lopez giving Atlanta the lead. And then the 80 and 83rd minute, Mukhtar. Honey. Honey, I'm looking good. Uh, he, He brings them back from the brink. Both in the last 10 minutes. It is pretty fantastic to watch the highlights of that. And they're like, mm-hmm. 80th minute, they're like, oh, and they pull one back. I wonder if this is uh, what's going to happen here. It's like, it is. What's gonna and I'm like, are you know what happens here? Yeah, it's going to be, it's you're going to be, be saying, bad. what just happened in the next 10 minutes? I think it was the Atlanta feed, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then we had NYCFC at LAFC 2 1, Baird scoring. He's been off to a pretty good start for LAFC. 56 minute Medina scoring in the 70th and Tajuri Shradi uh, scoring in the 90th minute. Um, San Jose at LA Galaxy. LA Galaxy win on the 70th minute with a Beeson own goal. Just the way they drew it up. Hmm. <laughs> DC <laughs> at Miami. We talked about that 3 0. We already talked about the goal scorers there. Houston at SKC. What a fun one this one that was. That game was wild. Three. Yeah. three. Houston takes an early lead. Busio brings one back. 
Polito scores a penalty to take the lead. Gabby Kinda scores in the 65th minute. And then 90 plus three, your Rudy scores to uh, pull one back. Dallas at Rapids. Keegan Rosenberry, former Philadelphia Union man, scores. Union uh, Tessman own goal in the 41st minute. And Barrios scores in the 71st minute. Is that why you're wearing the Dallas gear? So I, I nil loss. I do. Yes. <laughs> no, but I do want to bring up the fact that uh, I, I think and it's not Dallas related, um, it, but because it's the Dallas game, um, I want to bring up the fact that Barrios has looked really good. Like I think that he's actually been, I mean, quietly and silently looking like somebody that's going to really produce for the Rapids. And that's good for the Rapids because the Rapids really do need uh, some of that goal scoring. And I think that he's looked, Really, really good um, for them. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Kellen Acosta uh, wasn't there because he had to go play with uh, the U.S. men's national team over in Switzerland. Yeah, and how bad is it on Dallas that Barrios, the trade, mm-hmm. uh, happens in the offseason? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's looking now, good. now he scores against his former team. And mm-hmm. you have, hey, Tanner Tessman scored on goal, <laughs> but he scored, right? He's on the score sheet. Hey, there you hey. go. <laughs> Uh, Dallas struggling six points in just seven matches. Uh, not, not great. Where do we have them at? I have them in six. You have them in seventh. Not looking good. No, no, no. My bad. <laughs> uh, some of the last games here: Minnesota at RSL. Minnesota uh, equalized late. Crylock scores to give RSL an early lead. Hansen scores in the 78th minute for Minnesota. Seven points in the last three matches for the Loons. That's decent for them right now after getting zero points in like their first four or three. And um, David Ochoa was not there to kick a ball into the stands because he meant, but it would have been RSL, so they wouldn't have get mad. But uh, he's with the U.S. Men's National. Unless he singled out, if he singled out the <laughs> Minnesota fans in attendance. <laughs> or he's with it. I just picture him booting a ball right into Adrian Heath from the airplane as it's going to Switzerland. I thought that was resolved, but Adrian Heath was like, Yeah, then oh, we don't have to deal with it. that guy. Yeah, glad oh, we don't okay. deal with that peasant. So. Yeah, you Americans worried about <laughs> substitutions and stuff. Uh, Portland at Philly, that's Shabilko, Santos, and Elliott, 3-0. Um, says here, notes in our heads. Yeah. And love in our hearts for right. the union. Uh, Austin at Seattle, nil-nil, nothing to really go over there. I do want to say, like, I have seriously watched – more union games than any other team. I watched all their CCL games. I've watched all of their regular season games. Um, I might as well just be a union fan. So sounds good to me. Yeah, I'm a hype. I'm on a hype train. I, I it is like, funny though because we don't have a team that we both agree on except for the U.S. men's team, I guess. But like, yeah. you know, you're a Cubs fan. I'm an Oriole fan. You're a Dolphins yeah. fan. I'm a Ravens fan. You're a Which Pacers we don't fan, really yeah, fan. We don't really cross paths too much, and our teams don't really hate each other. Uh, I guess Chelsea and City do. Uh, I guess they kind of have like this, uh, who's going to spend and kill each other more. Uh, so I guess there's that, but uh, I don't know. I, I can I can jump on the Union train. Like I'm obviously rooting for them in CCL, but I always root for Union when they play anybody. So unless it's Orlando. Yeah, and I'm always rooting for Orlando when they play anybody yeah. other than yeah. the Union. <laughs> yeah, so we got a love for, they're like my second team. Yeah. They're my side team. Yeah, your little side piece there. Yeah. When you go to the Orlando games, they're like, just for- were you rooting for the Union? 
Yeah. <laughs> like, Logan, get now. You got to leave. I'll just wear my union kit that I don't have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Uh, anything else that stands out from this week? Yeah, the U.S. men's national team played a game. Um, oh, yeah, we should talk about that. What did you think of the uh, the game? So Switzerland, I I should have brought up the standings before. They're ranked higher than the U.S. Um, as far as you know how they do the point system. Um, so they're they're they were a good team. Like I like I didn't know they had Shakiri. Um, I didn't know he was uh, Swiss. Shakiri, Shakiri. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's it. But oh, um, <laughs> uh, let's see. What did I think of the game? I think that uh, this is again a team that hasn't really played a lot together. I think that you can see that sometimes. I think that there's times where um, they really struggle. I I will say the one concern that I did have, and then I'll tell you like one of the positives. I think one concern that I did have, I, I think that um, Josh Sargent like didn't look good. I, I thought he yeah. regressed a little bit. I thought that, and Doyle made a really good point. Uh, you want him to kind of be that guy that's running towards the goal. And there's times where he's just kind of like, in a days of going, where, where am I supposed to be? Um, and that's not good for a number nine. I, I think that DK will challenge him. The uh, issue, the issue with Sergeant, I think, is I, what I always see online on Twitter is that you know, once he's with service, he'll be fine. And yeah. the, he has service. He has these some of the Serginio best players. Dest. You know, Dest and um, uh, you know our wings. I mean, we're really deep on the wings and mm-hmm. midfield. But it hasn't happened yet. Now, I will say, we actually got worse when we took him out and put in Subachu. Uh, so yeah. I, he was kind of – I did not even see him play. I mean, yeah. he was just not existent. Um, so why he was chosen over DK, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I, maybe I it's know. because Subachu was in the squad longer because of uh, the um, Barnsley playing in that tournament till late, but – and there was Orlando people saying they think that some of it actually might have to do with Orlando going to him and saying, can you not play him so we can sell him? So he's not hurt. That's lame. If so. Yeah. But some people think that that's exactly what happened, um, which I could see them doing that. Uh, if he's hurt, then he's got no value. Don't to, even call him in then. Right. So I don't know. Maybe that, maybe it was Berhalter, but again, I think the more that Sergeant plays, I think the, the more concern is like, hey, maybe DK should get a chance. And and I think he will when Gold Cup comes around. Um, but I you know, I, I think that uh and then if you want to look at positives, I'll give you my top three player. I think I think you should set it in stone right now. Greg Berhalter is gonna select Sebastian Legette and should. Um I don't care if he's MLS. He's been our best, most solid, most stable leader. Uh, he's been our best player, like I think. I, I know Sergino Dest has been really good, but man, these games, Sebastian Legette has stolen the show in every single one of the matches that he's played in. Um, I don't care if he's MLS. I, I think that he's he's had enough experience in Europe when the time that he spent over there some with West Ham. I think that he's got the experience to play. Uh, I thought he looked really good. I thought that Mark McKenzie looked really good. Uh, I don't know if you saw the highlights, Jordan. There's like a real nice highlight reel of Mark McKenzie playing. And I was like, you know, with Aaron Long hurt, Mark McKenzie might have just put himself in that spot saying, I want this spot. And this would be really cool to have because John Brooks is going to be solid. Mark McKenzie and next to him, that could be really something. 
Um, my God, I hope Tim Ream doesn't play. Um, <laughs> that was really not good. Uh, and then the last one that I was in, and I'm just a, I'm just a fanboy. But anytime Brendan Aronson plays, I, I feel like Kristen Pulisic is Captain America. But if you're going to hand down the shield and he's gonna, who's going to be your Sam, it's definitely Brendan Aronson. Um, he's just got that ability. And Jordan, you've got the pleasure of walk, watching him, and you're going to get the pleasure of watching Paxton, who made his debut this year or this week. Yeah, um, yeah we didn't talk about that. Yeah. Um, to play, to watch the, and he looks just like his brother. It's really creepy. Like even the way he runs and like the hair kind of like bobs up and down yeah, as he's yeah. running, they look alike. But Brendan Aronson, he just controls tempo. He looks so poised for how young he is. He looks like he's played forever. And I don't think any stage is too big from Brandon Aronson. And that's really, really big for the United States because again, we do have a hard time keeping Pulisic healthy or Arena healthy or, you know, if we have one of these wings that can't really play, I think a Brendan Aronson's going to be a huge, huge depth piece. And I don't think he's ever had much of an injury history. So that's been really good for Brendan. Yeah. Um, we really miss Tyler Adams. Yes. Really miss Tyler Adams because uh, he, he, when he's there, he's kind of like, kind of like how Conte, Mm -hmm. at Chelsea is able to just kind of protect the defenders. Uh, Tyler Adams can do the same thing. And when you have Sergino Test playing left, okay, and he's more of a wing back than a a full-on defender, his weakness is defending. And this is something that we always talk about with current defenders as it is now, is that defenders never – defenders are never – Defending. They're going forward. What do people complain about with Trent Alexander-Arnold? Is that Mm -hmm. he's always going forward. Dest is always going forward. I think also it's time to stop the right-back experiment and just put Dest right back and get Anthony Robinson left back Mm -hmm. and stop worrying about trying to put Dest left and Reggie Cannon right. Um, I know we have a lot more right-backs in the pool than we have left-backs, but maybe only an injury to Robinson. Do we move Dest to the left? and move somebody else to the right. I think that's how we should probably approach it at this point. But I don't know. I came away from it a little down. I know Switzerland's good, and I I know all this stuff. But at times, it just didn't seem like the fight was there. And, man, do they need it. Because this episode releases on Thursday. This game is tonight Mm -hmm. when it releases. The day this episode releases, the game is tonight. And it's winner go home. And I keep seeing people on Twitter doing the same thing they did during the Olympics where they say, oh, we, we're going to get through Honduras, no so problem. We should beat them, uh, no problem. Shouldn't we be a little concerned that we're facing the same team that U23s knocked out our U23s? I know they're different players. I know that we have players... Um, I know that we have players at Chelsea and City and at the biggest clubs in the world but that doesn't make a coherent team. And it doesn't mean that they all fit together at all. Mm. I am worried. I'm not worried we're going to miss the World Cup. I, I think this team should do that through CONCACAF, the way that it's set up currently. But winning Nations League with this squad, we should at least get to the final. But I'm feeling deja vu here. 
are you feeling deja vu here? I'm feeling deja vu here when everybody said we're going to get through Honduras, we're going to face Mexico in a final, and we're going to qualify for the Olympics, slash we're going to win Nations League. It's the same exact setup. Yeah, I, I – and, like, I don't know what the love is for Jackson Yule. I, I mean, I get it, but, like you said, that's where you miss Tyler Adams. You miss that defensive mid that can just kind of hold his own. Um, I actually think I, I don't know why they didn't try this. I would have thrown uh, Eunice Musa into that role and seen. Let's see what he can do <laughs> in that in that mid role. He's big, like he's a big midfielder. Um, him, people were talking about the way that Julian Green's played. Um, maybe giving him a shot. Like I did think Burhalter could have played more risky, even in this, you know, kind of a tune-up game. I think Yedlin could have seen more time um, than he did because I think Yedlin, the way that he's played with. Uh, where who's he? Galatasaray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yedlin is probably I would say higher than Reggie Cannon on yeah. the right back list at this yeah. point. That's what I was thinking. I was like, because Reggie Cannon's at what Boa Vista or yes. whatever. Yeah, and Reggie Cannon. I mean, uh, sorry, uh, Yedlin's a natural right back. Like he's he can mm-hmm. you know he can do the things that you want. And I think the way that he's played, I think the experience that he has with World Cup stuff. Um, yeah. I think he's one that you can really slot in. Julian Green, same thing. Like they've got more experience in these big games and. Why not try them? Like, you know, I, I, I don't get the love for Jackson Yule, especially after what happened to him in the Olympics. Like, that would be like throwing Ochoa out there and going, hey, he's pretty good, huh? <laughs> so, I, again, I and, you know, I, I know they don't have – they didn't have Stefan even dress, uh, but he'll be ready for Thursday, it sounds like. So, um, I think that's a big thing, too. Uh, not having Aaron Long is kind of big, but Mark McKenzie did so well. I think that's kind of an equal – I think Mark McKenzie ends up being better than Aaron Long anyway. Um, but, yeah, you're right, Jordan. It's that coverage for that midfield. Like, you're, you're going to lose a lot of battles in the midfield if you've got Jackson Ewell trying to distribute as, the like, the attacking midfielder in the middle that the ball goes through just because you saw what he did in the Olympics. And no knock against Jackson Ewell, but he – and Jamin Moore tweeted this, if he's your best midfielder, that's not good. Um, that's not good because he does not pass accurately. He does not the cover gap, his ball. The gap between Adams and who mm-hmm. we have after him and his position is staggering. Yep. We talked about the, the issues with strikers in this pool. Mm-hmm. But we've had a few come up. Sargent's coming up. DK's coming up. Poppy. If you want to put Sardes. in. Yeah, we have Sardes still if we need to call on him. If you want to say Sabachu, you have him. Uh, but low, you know, when you're looking at Adams to then Yule, and then who's after him, Kellen Acosta? Yeah, I guess. It's not great. It's not great because Adams is hurt all the time. Mm-hmm. So we kind of got to figure that out. <laughs> we either have to play I... a different system when Adams is not in, or we have to. Do you think it ever crossed their mind when Tyler Adams got hurt? And I know this might be a huge stretch, but the way that he's played and the way that I saw him play, do you ever think they looked at Michael Bradley and went, hmm? I would call Michael up. That's who I, I know nobody thought. wants to. I know nobody wants to, fan base-wise, but he's been good this year. You have a need. Jackson, I would rather call, have Michael Bradley back Me there too. than Jackson Yule because Michael Bradley is captain. He is somebody that's going to have the experience. And guess what? Losing big games, losing the World Cup, like losing, the, like not qualifying for it, 
that is experience you could actually use in this. I know a lot of people say, I don't want anybody that has to deal with that, but somebody has to be able to say, Hey, last time we had this thing happen, we're not going to have that happen anymore. And I am part of that. You know, I'm going to clean up the messes back here to make sure that that doesn't happen. Cause that was my thought. I'm not calling for him to be in no. there, but if Adams is out, it's That's better true. than you. Yep. No matter he's... how old Bradley is. Right, because I think he's even if it's a sub thing, like if it's you know he plays the first half or whatever it might be, like I just think, man, I just I'm not impressed with Jackson Ewell as if he we're going to rely on him, we're in a lot of trouble, and I don't know what you do to fix it. I'm no expert in the in the matter. I mean, I don't even know if Eunice Musa could play that role, but he seemed to be the one that people were deeming the other maybe option uh, even like a Yedlin trying to play in like a ring, a wing back and then sliding McKinney more into that central role. But then you're going to have to worry about McKinney playing a defensive role, which I don't think he does very well. So uh, yeah, you don't have any, like you said, Jordan, we were worried about strikers. I think now the striker thing is going to figure itself out. Now you've got issues if Tyler Adams isn't healthy. And he's not healthy a lot. Yeah. We figured oh, yeah. out the Pulisic thing. If Pulisic's not healthy, Aronson can slot in there. Yes. And he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But it's worrisome. And, uh, yeah, we, we play Honduras tonight, the day you're listening to this probably, if it's the day it releases. We play Honduras at 7.30 on Paramount Plus in TUDN. And then at 10 o'clock, Mexico takes on Costa Rica. Oh, my God. Is that the same exact set up as the other one it was it was costa rica then honduras oh no costa rica didn't move on who was it that faced mexico in the final was it canada i mean in the semis of the u23s Hmm. i forget now and then sunday june 6th yeah we don't have another episode before that is the final so if the u.s move on then next week we'll talk about the matchup against Honduras. We'll talk about if they made the final and if they mm-hmm. won the final. I just see a lot of U.S. fans like, I want two trophies this summer. Like, unrealistic. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Especially Gold Cup is not going to have any big names probably. So just Gold expectation Cup was... dial, turn it down. Yeah, Gold Cup, uh, if you're a fan, Gold Cup is uh trial. It's... It's going to be your U23 guys, but add in like a DK and add in some of these younger guys that'll that'll play um, that you might not have seen before. That's where I think you're going to see a lot of that. Yeah, it's not, going to be any, it's not going to be any Europeans because they are – That's uh, the Too Gold close. Cup is starting later than usual, starting in July to August. Mm-hmm. So they'll be in training with their training camps. I was stuff. going to say Reina already got denied access to the – Yeah. So um, – Maybe we find out that Sam Vines can play, uh, which I still think is an option. Um, I don't know why. If I was Peralta, that's another one uh, that maybe I would have picked. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't even talk about the fact that I still think Eric Williamson might even be the best option there. Maybe he gets a run in Gold Cup and finally gets on the radar of, of Berhalter and the staff because I think he, if Tyler Adams is going to miss a lot of time in qualifying, I think Eric Williams seems a perfect fit. He plays defensively pretty well, and uh, and I think he creates. I think he – I didn't even think about that either, he or Michael Bradley. So just some options. 
Yeah. People disagree, but I, I think Eric Williamson's going to be in that 2026 roster. It's just, can we find out if he's good enough for 2022? So yeah, next week, well, we will, uh, we will talk about the, uh, <laughs> having trouble talking today. We'll talk about all those, uh, us side of things. Cause there's no MLS games until the 12th. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, so 18th? we'll talk. We'll do all U.S. men's national next week. Yeah, it'll be all U.S. men's national team. So thanks everybody for watching. If you want to give us a follow on Twitter at Stateside Show, Facebook.com/slash Stateside Show, Instagram at Stateside Show, email us Stateside Show at gmail.com, Twitter. I already said Twitter. What am I thinking of? TikTok is at Stateside Soccer Show. So. Have fun watching. It's just really previews of stuff. I haven't been able to think of any cool content yeah. to put on there other than that right now. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Maybe I'll show off my jerseys. I was going to say your kits, yeah. Yeah. But thanks for watching. We'll catch you next time. Tomorrow throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on. Come on. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.